listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Yeah, I'm so excited for us to do, as I shared with you earlier, there's some really cool things about happen on my side of the world, but uh, I can't say much about it. So while that's happening, this is my safe place, weirdly, and I'm super excited to spend some time with you. I couldn't be more excited to be here. And I will say, when I looked at the video, I was inspired and motivated. And you couldn't see me doing this where I'm like, yeah, they don't care about your product. (laughs) They don't, right? They don't. So let me embarrass you for one more minute here before we jump into this. Is like, So I'm going to just give your bio to everybody out there. So one, Deanna is the global head of marketing for marketing services and also the chairperson of diversity and inclusion at Teleford Bay. She's been a marketing executive through and through. She has advised companies. She continues to be an inspiring leader in the peak CMO group, so it's, which is fascinating and fantastic. And I know if you were talking about it, you're already having one-on-ones with people who want to talk to you about CMO. You talk about leadership. You want to talk about second chances. You want to talk about well, how do you do diversity inclusion the way it needs to be done. So we have a host of areas we can go, go into. But one of the areas I want to dive right into with you, Deanna, is that tell the story of Second Chances. How did that, that come about? How did this company come about? What's the business model? Because I think we all deserve to have, we want for ourselves Second Chances, but it's really hard for a lot of others a second chance. So tell me more. Yeah, you, you've hit a lot of things. So Televerde is a 26-year-old company, so it's not new. And it really stemmed from, most people are familiar with Jim Hooker. I'll share a link to his TEDx. But, you know, he was very dedicated to second chances. And he came from a place of power and privilege. And he had a very humbling experience that showed him why it became important to invest in human potential. Right. And that's big, particularly like I'm a fan of Steve Jobs. I'm sure most people are. And there's a quote that we at Televerde adhere to, which is where we want to stand at the intersection of technology and humanism. Right. So think. uh, Yeah. Think of the power and, you know, the potential within a human being that could potentially be wasted just by one mistake just yeah. one right yeah. and and think of it as the one mistake that someone got caught for mm. versus the mistakes that you me and others have made that could be equally or even worse that were never found out so i'm just yeah. gonna that right there it's a it's a very humbling thought like it's like if everybody knew what everybody has ever done and we kind of Right. Like we all ourselves will close our eyes and close our ears and say, please don't see the ugly side of me or the things that I did or we, you, we all may, might do in our future that we would not be proud of. But we all some way, somehow have been given second chances in our lives. And most people don't, I guess, pass it along as much as I think what your business model literally does. So talk to me about 
how does it work? How, how, do, how do you find people? How do you get them in the process? What, uh, what kind of companies they work for? What kind of jobs they do? What kind of lives, stories? I think that's, I'm like. You're like, give me everything. You're like, give me everything. So yes. <laughs> let's take a step back. If you think about, you know, people in general and their backgrounds and experiences and the unfortunate era of being incarcerated, right? Everyone has a story. Let's start there. Everyone yeah. has a story. And so, you know, imagine being in a, in a situation where now someone will come and invest in your future as opposed to holding against you your past. So that's exactly what we do here at Televerde as a business model. We have a stringent criteria in partnership with the Department of Corrections in the areas where we work so that we can recruit and attract and train and develop talent, teach them very modern and marketable skills in sales, in marketing, in technology. You know, our, we have ladies learning how to code, even as you and I are sitting yeah. on this event right now, right? Very marketable skills, investing, they get college credits. They get co we, we really invest in, again, the human potential and they work for some of the world's largest companies. We have customers where, you know, our ladies are sitting in sales and in marketing and in customer success and technology, supporting some of our customers, such as, you know, your SAPs and others of our customers, Pulse Secure. So if you think about that, you know, these ladies are getting invaluable, yeah. cutting edge, work experience and they're earning a fair market wage while doing that and it's important that i put that out there because you know it's very easy for someone to potentially twist that and say oh well you're using you know yeah. no that's not the case we are training investing in and paying these ladies and they're able to take their earnings and support themselves supports their families and to save for their future as they come out of the system to be able to continue the process. Oh my God, like that just, that itself is, is such, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking, what's the hiring process? How do you, how do you do that? No, that's a great question because we actually, again, we work with the Department of Corrections we actually go on site. We have engagement centers right there on the grounds, right? So they go through a hiring process. They go through our understanding of, you know, what they have done so that we can also coach them mentally and emotionally through our foundation, right, yeah. for the future transition. So it's just like your hiring process or GE's hiring process. Nice. They have to submit their resume. You know, they go through interview rounds. They have to qualify. There's minimum educational requirements that, you know, we also then continue to increase and build upon from there. But they go through a very similar process to any other hiring process. That is good. I want people to comment in and say, well, how many of you have got second chances in life? Because I think people, will, we, we would be, we would all need that and want that and see that. But you know what? We all have got that. And I think yeah, sometimes yeah. people forget that. 
I think a lot of times there's a stigma that people associate with a label and, and they say, oh, they're criminals, right? So, you know, when you put a stigma or a label on something, you're automatically trying to assign a certain level of value to it. And the reality is that the U.S. is the leader in criminal incarceration, right? Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. statistics show that it's like 500% up from just 40 years ago, but it focuses on street crime. Now, go look at the data. Because anybody who knows me and Sangram, you probably know, I'm a data junkie, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, $15 billion per year, according to the FBI, is the cost of street crime. However, crime that goes highly unpunished or doesn't go to court even is white collar crime. White collar crime costs $1 trillion wow. per year. So let that sink in, right? When we're talking about, you know, criminality, right? Mm -hmm. Labels and how things are uh, handled throughout the system. So yeah. being able to help those who have gone through the system to be able to not let a single box, you know, when you're going for a job, that box is on your application or now it's online where it's, have you ever been convicted? Yeah. Right? That box, and now you're excluded from being able to now live your life in a meaningful way, even though you've paid your dues. Yeah, yeah. Well, is our uh, is 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 remote going remote for many companies almost accelerated the adoption of your model? So I would say that going remote has supported it as opposed to accelerating it. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. I think as we as a people, a country, a nation, whatever you want to call it, as we begin to understand people, and yeah. this ties so nicely into diversity and inclusion, because incarcerated persons are a disempowered community. We don't mm -hmm. often think of them in that way. But they yeah. are a disempowered community. And when you view it from that perspective, now you're able to say, oh, we have partners who have worked with us over years who literally hire our ladies because they've done such an amazing job. So this isn't just a feel-good kind of story. This isn't just, oh, we're helping people transform their lives. We are transforming business even as we are transforming lives. And that's the power of Televerde. Well, you, you mentioned about every one of us have stories, and I'm sure you hear stories all day long around, okay, well, this person, this woman was doing this for her family, and this woman actually is not able to get the job. This woman is now able to have self-esteem to do certain things that she never thought she could. Uh, and this might be the best thing they do every day of all things that they could be tempted to do or not do. And this is a choice that they're making uh, in the right direction without obviously naming names or anything like laughing at a story that, that has given you goosebumps. I've had so many stories. So I'm a three-time Televerde customer before I came here to work. Yeah. 
Um, so that, that's the power of, you know, just understanding, you know, the intersectionality of business and life transformation for me. So I've heard amazing stories. If you go to our website, we have a story where you can go read or hear a video of Kristen Swassinger. Go to our website and listen to her story where she talks about her confidence and the courage to change, which is one of our core pillars here. The courage to change, to be seen as a human being and not as a checked box, not as your worst mistake, but as a human being. If you go and check out our leadership page on the website, you will see the most amazing, one of the most amazing women I know. And, you know, she's right out there. Her name is Michelle Sirocco. Mm-hmm. Michelle came through the Televerde program, and she is now our chief social responsibility officer. Wow. If, if that is not a story, yeah. you know, then I, I don't know where what you consider a great story, right? Imagine going from incarceration and moving through and, grow, and going up the ranks, improving it in business KPIs, right, to the C-suite. That is powerful. We have other stories without names of folks who I worked with. Name was at at another company, and they were at that point in time on the inside, and they are now top representatives here at Televerde. It's a journey. And if you think about it, life in and of itself is such a journey and it is a story and we have story after story after story of women who to your point yes heartbreaking stories of you know abuse that led to you know an unfortunate mistake that then led to incarceration but imagine someone seeing your potential and extending to you an opportunity to make a different decision, right? Because life's all about decisions. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And you all know, of us here make good ones and bad ones. Totally can. And uh, there's not a whole bunch of, it's a fine line sometimes, as uh, as much as it feels black and white, you know, sitting outside. But when you're at the point for injection, you're, you're, it's sometimes really fine line and you just end up taking the wrong turn at the wrong time. and yeah, so I, I can totally see that. I, I love you talked about the, the, the courage to change because our industry is changing. Yeah. As we as we move and think about as talking, I was talking to some of the folks in our peak CMO group and they were talking about like, look, they are now getting mandated, some of them, uh, saying that, hey, you gotta have diversity on your team. Like they're just no longer an option. It's no longer a choice. It's no longer something nice to have. It is a business uh, priority it needs to have. And as you had, uh, you're the chairperson of diversity and inclusion at Televerde, and you talk to and advise so many different CMOs out there about this, how do you help them think about it? So one of the things is to help them understand the full scope of diversity, but also Mm -hmm. the importance of the inclusion piece of that. So, you know, a lot of times folks focus on diverse talent and getting them in the door but they don't focus on the inclusion aspect 
so that they are then made to feel a part so that they are also then heard, right? Mm -hmm. And that is then infused into the culture and yeah. that's where the transformation takes place. So one of the first things I would say is don't think of it as just getting the folks in the door. Think yeah. of it in terms of making sure that they're welcome when you bring them in and that you embrace them. And then I like to talk about resetting the table. So, mm. you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll hear people say, you want to get a seat at the table. You want to get a seat at the table. Yeah. Well, when you get a seat at the table, there's this expectation that everyone must now conform to the way the table is currently set and operated upon, which puts the weight of everything on the, the diverse candidate that comes in. Yeah. Yeah. If you reset the table to say, everyone here needs to be heard, included, we need to address what I like to call those biases sometimes. Mm -hmm that yeah. we don't even recognize that we operate with them because they have been the standard and the norm. So you right. have to reset the standard, right? So if you're really looking for that, you can begin by starting with, you know, being very intentional about what's your imagery, you know, and as marketing leaders, you have a, you have a bit to say about that, right? What, just a little bit. What's your imagery saying about your company? What, what messaging and signals are you using? Are, is it welcoming language, right? Or is there code, right? And these are tough conversations, but yeah. these are the kinds of things that folks have to think about. You have to revise how you are positioning to make it so that you do attract. It's an attraction, right? Yes. First talent. The imagery you use is so important. But then, you know, it's okay that maybe you're not there today. How are you having meaningful conversations in your social media channels to be able to start a conversation with an audience outside of those whom you always speak with? Yeah, I, I love that. And it's so in interesting, Adiana, today. I think I saw it again. LinkedIn was down again. It was yesterday, and I can only see some of uh, some of the conversations here. So I'll just pull some of them. Like Terry, like very cool to join one this line sessions. Laura, welcome from Colorado over here. Uh, it's great to see Erica, and she's tagging. So feel free to tag people who should watch this later on. We'll, we'll do a recap. Uh, anything, but also can't see the name, but resetting the table comment, obviously. Made, made a ton of sense. And there are, there are a few more, but right now I just went through a couple. What's interesting you talked about was when we were actually doing job descriptions, I never thought about these things. And that's ignorance. That's and not a blissful ignorance. It's just bad ignorance. Like, you know, yeah. I think what it is. And even within like, you know, genders, if you want to think about it, hey, I want when a salesperson with the first job description, we want a badass, uh, you know, rock star, uh, like, you know, and, and not realizing that that's just us excited about this thing, this person, and uh, and, and uh, the women, you know, like, well, why didn't all only guys apply for this? There's no women who apply. <laughs> well, the, language is, the language is everything, right? And. Again, I love the fact that you mentioned it, it was, it's ignorance, right? Yeah. But we're at this place now, you're having a conversation with me, 
right? Yeah. We're we're in a social channel now where you can reach out to your peers and you know kind of go, hey, can you help me with this? Yeah. I mean, don't be afraid to ask for help. You yeah. can't have an authentic conversation that you've never had before, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, yeah. no, I mean, and that's where you know I'm very in tune so when i've even looked at organizations before i go there and i i don't mind you know going into spaces if you will where you know maybe i'm the trailblazer and i'm fine with that because somebody's got to do that right someone has to go in and be able to you know understand the landscape before you try to make a change you need to make have understanding of yeah. what it is so that you can only make an effect, the right types of change, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't mind going into spaces where, you know, I may be the only in many factors, right? Whether it's yeah. women, whether it's because I'm a woman of color, I'm a black woman, I may be the only, I'm okay with that. But yeah. then there's other aspects that we have to consider. So think about, other aspects that people don't always associate with diversity and inclusion beyond, right? Think of age, mm. think of disabilities, right. right? Think of veterans, think of, you know, gender, think of religion yeah. and all of these factors where some, whether we want to admit or not, whether we people have what we call unconscious biases they're unconscious because they're built into the framework of your thinking and you're not actively moving upon them they're they're it's like stuff in your basement in that corner that you don't check and it's sitting there but you're you don't actively see it yeah i love that i I want folks to drop in questions and i got a couple that that i wrote down as you were talking about this is that you mentioned something like, and like you gotta ask today. It's no longer a choice. It's no longer an option. It's you, you gotta. If you don't know, you don't know. But you no longer can stay in that stage of ignorance. You have to ask. You have to proactively look for it. And if you want to be a leader, I mean, that's what leadership calls for. Absolutely. To do that. So if you were to say like, you know what, somebody hearing this right now saying, you know what, I know, I need it. What is the step one, step two of this process? Like, you know, what, how, how do people reach out? Do they, should they be part of community groups? Should they be part of, like, they don't know? And they're like, like, you know, a lot of times I will tell people, like, just put it your circle. Like, when I ask you, like, hey, can you refer uh, one of your friends to me? And if none of your friends are other than the friends that you just, you know, grew up with, you, you got a problem, right? So, some new friends, man. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like, you gotta, is, is, is your, Friend circle like the beautiful rainbow, or is the friend circle just like exactly where you were? And then that could happen just because where you grew up. So you, you look at that and start making changes. But if you were to someone listening to this right now and saying, well, how does someone hearing this, being inspired, wanting to do it, what is their step one, step two that you would recommend? Yeah, so here's my thinking. Number one, I'm gonna keep saying this word. Yeah. Intentionality, right? Intentionality you will need to be intentional about 
widening your circle, diversifying your circle. I mean, your portfolio tends to not just automatically diversify. What do you do? You look yeah. at the options and you go in and you diversify your portfolio, right? Yeah. So if you notice, and, and before you try to attack something from just the business perspective, I urge leaders to start with self. Mm. Reflection is a powerful tool, right? If your motivation for attempting to get diversity into your place of business is quota driven, I want you to think about that again. Yeah. Right. It needs to be based on a recognition of multiple things. One is first, it is about people and the power that diversity brings into the business. And then there are proven business KPIs that diversity and inclusion add to your business. More diverse companies enjoy higher revenues, more diverse leadership teams enjoy greater decision-making authority with more accuracy. These aren't things that I think. Happy to yeah. Send. yeah, these are stats that I'm happy to send out, happy if anybody wants to see them, because they prove that it is a diverse perspective that allows you to connect, resonate, and be able to engage with a yeah. wider audience in a more authentic way that leads to business. I, I love that. It's, uh, I was listening to a conversation between uh, Mark Benoff and uh, Sheryl Sandberg. Um, uh, this was probably two or three years ago. And he was asking her about diversity and you know her role at, uh, at Facebook and, and all those things. And he, she, he, and he was like, well, you know, people say at that time, I don't think the data was as much out there, but I think people were starting to think this is like 2015, I think. And uh, she was, uh, they're like, well, you know, is it data that supports that more diversity actually drives greater business outcomes? And her response, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Her response is that, show me the data show, show me the data that shows that, that not having diversity actually improves your performance. Once you show me that data, I will show you my data. And Mark was like, well, I'm going to go to the next question now, right? Exactly. It was such a phenomenal moment where you just flipped the, the table on it and like, look, you're asking for data. What data do you have that actually, that is exactly why it improves. You just don't. It's, it's huge. I do enjoy that response, by the way. But it's huge. So when folks are looking for how do I bring more diversity into my organization, you know, talk, I think leadership, we're back to intentionality. Leadership yeah. needs to sit down and go, we need to do this, but let's get our why. Without yeah. a why, you're just trying to check a box. And if you check a box, you will bring in talent and you will misuse and abuse that talent. Yeah. They, will, they will not feel included, they will not be heard, and they will leave. And yeah. you will have to churn. So what's your why? I love that. Now, Deanna, do you see, well, let me ask you, what role does marketing play in this part of the world? You know, I, I don't know if we shared this earlier, but I think marketing has a tremendous role to play here. Number one, from you know, your brand perspective, right? You have the ability to 
look at both your imagery and your messaging. What does your imagery say about you? Imagery is powerful. People remember visuals more than they even do words, right? So what does your imagery say? If, if your imagery is not diverse, and when I say diverse, I know, unfortunately, a lot of people think of diversity in only one way. I'm going to say it again. There's such a wide scope when it yeah. comes to diversity, right? Yeah. So, you know, if your imagery does not align or support, then people can't see themselves. And I'll give you a story. I made a brand change to mm. Dub. And I'll yeah. tell you why I made that brand change. Because when I started seeing imagery and messaging that clicked for me, I said, oh, they get me. Yeah. I try that, yeah. right? I'd never used Dove before. It was not my brand of choice. And this is not a customer testimonial to say Dove is where you should go. But Somebody's going to think that, but that's good. Somebody's going to be like, she uses Dove. But what I saw was I was able to see myself and that they understood my needs. How isn't that what marketing does? Yeah. We need to understand the needs of our customers. Again, no one cares about your product. It wasn't about their product. It was that yeah. they understood me. So if you in marketing have messaging and branding, so that's imagery and the message, you can literally write a narrative with images that yeah. opens up your brand in a much more authentic way. And I say authentic because now it can begin to reflect real life as yeah. opposed to a microcosm of what things have always been. I love that. You, what's, you, you know, I went, we went through a terminus recently through a rebrand story. Uh, um, almost every company is doing that. Every, like it's just, just the new, new thing, right? Like right yeah. now to do it because we just came out of this or, or it's just, we still are, but some of us are actually, I feel like we are kind of coming out. At least I would like to say, you're coming out of this thing. We're no longer just there. We're just coming out of this crazy time of our lives. And instead of even saying we're the best, uh, you know, we're, we're best at this thing in the world, we, we started to say like, we're the best thing, best trying to do for the world. And mm -hmm. instead, we went even further and saying, well, it's not just for the world, it's for the planet. And even using the word world versus planet, it just changes the imagery that you would use. So everything that we do, I think if somebody goes to, to turn us to that, it, it's, it's all like life, like, you know, the, the plants and yeah, plants, yeah. right? So words, I think such a life and death that just, just a true statement. So it is incredible that you get back to, in my mind, the imagery and the, the messaging, that is what we do, and marketing can actually really help. I look at that from uh, HubSpot. When they do their HubSpot, like talking to Brian and Dermesh, who are the founders of HubSpot, I remember they mentioning about that this, that, that, that your brand is actually the best hiring tool that you have. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh, right? yes. I mean, you hit something very powerful. So once you kind of stepped away and, or stepped into the planet, yeah. Instantly, you must use imagery that is life-giving. Yes. And that is 
diverse, right? Because you can't represent the planet yeah. with only a portion of the right. planet. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So it's really important that you be very, I'm going back to that word again, intentional. Yes. Right? About who your brand is for the world. Yeah. And how you represent that in the world. Yeah. And then that will attract to you the talent of the world. I Did love it. I love it. I'm, I'm taking notes on this one. <laughs> that is super cool. Well, I, I know we try to keep it to 30 minutes, but the conversation is such good that we just kept going on it. So I'm going to share two or three big takeaways. And then, Deanna, I want you to share a challenge with everybody as they think about second chances, if they think about marketing, diversity, you know, whatever comes to your heart as a challenge that people can take and live. And for everybody, we'll do a, a recap uh, in the peak community if you want to go check it out later on. So number one, I love the fact you started with saying that every one of us has a story. And a lot of times I wonder if we actually take the time and recognize that we actually have an opportunity to write our own story. Yeah. And what you're doing at Teller Day with the second chance is I think you're helping people write another story, the story that's written for them and they're trying to recreate that, recreate something. So I, I think it's just the fact that everyone has a story to just pause and reflect on that, but also that you get to write your own story if you choose to, and that's really what Enchances seems to be about. So that just hit me straight on. Second one is this, this idea of courage to change. That is big. Like I don't know how many people kind of can reflect on it. I wrote it down and kind of put a bunch of asterisks around it to, to reflect on it later on is because I, I was listening to Pat Lencioni's episode around this fact that people like to have change because one of my friends is going to Hawaii and he's going to work from Hawaii for the next whole month with his six kids uh, because you can work from anywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, and so he's excited about that. But what's interesting about that is that the transition to go from where he is to on a flight to this Airbnb or this place, you know, the transition time is hard. And, 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 and that's what I think they want to get to the end state, but they don't want to go through the change and the transition that no, actually no. gets them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. of it. So, so it's really the, having the courage to change actually requires you to go through that, that, that process. And people just want the promised land. People don't want to go to and whatever it requires yeah. to get Right? And the last one I think somebody called a couple of times here is this idea of resetting the table is that it's again rewriting you, you if whatever story has been written for you yeah i think god has given you the power to to write your own addition to it and reflection on it and it's a choice so it's a choice of second chance so ton more notes we'll have in the recap but yeah i love every bit of it what is the one challenge you want to share with everybody as they move uh into the second chances thought yeah i i have a direct challenge because it, there's a piece that I'm really honored was featured in a fast company, right? Recently around, you know, how B2B can help make changes for the black family because that was the theme of uh, black history month. So my direct challenge here, which is connected to that is we have the power 
to be able to write another chapter. Your story doesn't end until you write the end. And that's usually, you know, when you hit grave and that year is on the other end of the dash. So yeah. my challenge is how can you support moving the needle to get the box removed so that more people can have a second chance? It's so hard. Imagine at Televerde, a great majority of our ladies who come through the program and they graduate the program and they exit out of prison, right? We do hire many of them and we have partners who also will hire them directly because of what they've been able to do. But my perspective is we can do more. We can do better. And yeah. I would like to challenge companies to rethink the box. Yeah. That are you rethink that? How much potential are you leaving on the chat on the table? And then go back to the earlier conversation around the one trillion dollars in white collar crime that goes unprosecuted, right? Mm -hmm. That perhaps because it serves in some way, we don't address it as often, right? If you if there's a tolerance to be able to live with that, yeah. let's balance this by revisiting this box and giving people an opportunity to not feel as though they have to result to any other type of decision because we completely stop them from being able to live their life, move forward from a previous chapter with one box. I love, love every bit of that. I'm going to go and replay this last part of it later on for myself because that is that is a challenge worth looking into. So thanks everyone for joining. Deanna, so cool to have you. I was looking forward, as I said, like this is kind of the highlight of my day today. So thank you for making that, that happen. Yeah, see you in the peak community. And uh, it's just a fascinating time. Thank you for what you do. Thanks. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.